We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Chase Parm. We had a little bit of a... Glitched this morning because of the storms that hit the Oxford area last night. So podcast uh, put together in parts today. My apologies to anyone who was the uh, expecting the live show. That didn't happen, but we're off and running. We're going to talk to Jeffrey Wright here in a few minutes. We do every Thursday morning. A lot of college football with Jeffrey, and then we're going to finish the show up with Neil McCready. I'm going to call both of them on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. You know about Raptors. Great time this weekend to uh, head on over. Huge weekend, Ole Miss and Auburn here in Oxford, Saturday morning from Bald Hemingway Stadium. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of Rafters on the Square. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. And you know by now they're giving away seven official Ole Miss game day football jerseys during the course of the season, one for each home game. That includes this weekend against Auburn. So stop in. Every purchase gives you a chance to sign up again and again and again and again. So as many purchases at the Blue Sky location here in Oxford, that many chances to win if you choose one of those seven jerseys given away by Blue Sky and the Oxford Exxon this season. And as always, uh, we're coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900, Highway 25 South. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. Let him help you no matter where you are in the car buying process. Corey can uh, help you out there. So, again, give him a call. That's 662-257-1900. And then uh, – with the date getting here quickly, it is on Friday. Our friends at Blue Delta are excited to announce they're hosting Mustache the Band October 14th for the Square Jam after party. Come out to support the Rebels on Friday night on the Oxford Square and Saturday against Auburn in the vault. Between that, you can join the folks from Blue Delta at the Lyric with the world's most powerful 90s country party band. Ticket packages on sale now. Some tickets include jeans, some don't, but all include admission to the concert and an open bar. They have a special deal for listeners of the podcast this week. Code is POD50 at checkout for $50 off your ticket with an open bar and the opportunity to avoid the lines on the square. That's quite a deal. Go to BlueDeltaJeans.com slash afterparty to get your ticket today. Again, that's POD50. So let's jump into the podcast now. We're going to open it up again with myself talking to Jeffrey Wright. 
Jeffrey Wright now joining us on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline, as he does every Thursday. Jeffrey, we got all sorts of quarterback situations going on this week. Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Take Neil's picks out of it. Just in general, when do you typically make most of your bets for the week? I mean, you sort of find the lines you like throughout the week. How often are you to wait on it to move one way or the other and then ignore it if it doesn't go the right way? Uh... Typically, what I'm doing is I am betting everything on Friday right before I do the pick segment uh, on Jeff's show, on Calkins' show. So, for the most part, I bet and set. And then the NFL, I usually wake up and bet on Sunday. Is that simply to let every information come in versus lines from a movement it's standpoint? Mainly because, because we track it, it's just, you know what I mean, like, Hey man, you cheated on that line. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, I literally, it's like, all right, here's what I bet. And like, I, I sent out the screenshot and I don't really, uh, if I like make an official ad, but like I've, I've never even been doing that. So it's just like, all right, here's what the card is on Friday. And, and here we go. Yeah. Well, because Ole Miss is one of the few games where there's actually just stability because everybody else, you've got Will Levis, you've got KJ Jefferson, you've got whatever the hell's going on across the, the, the conference, Alabama with Bryce Young. We'll get to all that. In Neil's picks, I'm the only one taking Auburn to cover this line. Am I just watching names on helmet in history here? Probably, but that's not really a bad thing. I mean, I, I just, at this point, I just don't know how, like, Auburn is not like I think I think they covered against LSU and in that they were up 17 to nothing and got beat. So, you know, how much of a cover really was that? Um I just don't know how you can pick Auburn at this point. And I think I'm seeing Ole Miss's injuries and almost we're doing this thing where I'm around them every day, so they're the warts I see. And I know that Auburn is this freak show carnival right now. Yeah, but, but I really think I'm doing this strictly <laughs> off. Ole Miss has not beaten Auburn very often, and that's a lot of freaking points. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like to me, this kind of reeks of the 2012 Auburn game. Chiswick fired that day or that week or that year yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and you know, I, I just I don't know how does this team score. It feels like Ashford has got to either get loose with his legs a ton or they just hit a bunch of long passes. That's it. Like, I, I don't – because even, frankly, from a Bigsby standpoint, he's really, really good. They can run the ball a little bit. They're not terrible there. But it's still it's still going to create a lot of third downs most likely. And can Ashford consistently get through third downs against Ole Miss? And pr- the answer is probably not because he hasn't done it against anybody all season, including yeah, Missouri. I'm- what you just laid out there seems very difficult. Does right. it mean it's impossible? No. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, there's no way in hell that that Auburn could win. But I would rather bet on the other side of that equation. Because yeah. well, I, it does not seem that hard to me for Ole Miss to score. Well, now, winning is a totally different thing. I don't see a way that Auburn wins the football game. It's just going to keep it inside three scores at this point. I mean, it's 15 and a half is where we got this thing closing at. Yeah, and I mean, if they're going to do that, I think they're going to have to get into the 20s. And I don't think they get into the 20s without special teams. 
How worried are you from an injury standpoint for Ole Miss? They're heading into this stretch. They got three weeks before a bye week. Uh, LSU is the better version of Auburn from an offensive standpoint. They do some of the same things, but they're 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 going to be a better team next week. It's in Baton Rouge. Whether it be Trig or just in general, um, the one negative to Ole Miss's schedule is just that they don't get that week off until right before Alabama. It does feel like they're having to survive a couple weeks right here. Yeah, what's what's the status of the defense? I mean, obviously Triggs out for the year. Um, Troy Brown was in pain on Sunday, but he's going to try to play. And Corey Coleman did come back last week. He played twenty something snaps against Vanderbilt. So what does that leave at tight end, Casey? That's Casey Kelly and Kyron Heath, the true freshman. Those are the only healthy scholarship tight ends on the roster. So you're not great there, although Jackson was targeting Trigg a decent amount. What that does kind of take away is a lot of their short yardage stuff. Like, um, But it doesn't seem to me like Jackson and Casey have gotten on the same page yet. Um, so that could, be, that could be a little bit of a problem, but I think what we're starting to see is Ole Miss is starting to, the receiver passing game is really starting to come on. And if that's there, I trust Kiffin to scheme up some short yardage stuff. And you think that's legitimate, not just Vanderbilt. You think there's more chemistry happening between Dart and the receivers at this point? Yeah, I think because I think if you look at it, it's it's been kind of a progression. And the more he gets comfortable, the more it feels like he's getting deeper into the offense. And I think I think Ole Miss and probably wisely emphasized the running game early and trying to like not like pin that down and get get solid there and we've seen that this is a very very good rushing offense and I think now they're they're like bringing Jackson along and yeah he's made a couple of mistakes but he's also made he's made some really big throws yeah you mentioned the tight end Kyron Heath's only played 20 something snaps this season he is pretty athletic. He could potentially be a pass catcher. Casey Kelly, clearly the run blocking tight end. He was that anyway. Trigg's not much of a run blocker. So, I mean, anything that you would have done where Kelly was on the field alone, those packages still remain. And then there's a good bit of scuttlebutt that if Ole Miss can find that third, fourth receiver, you're probably going to see some more four wide, wide out packages. They're going to try to play more wide receivers in this offense moving forward. That That would be my suspicion is that we're going to get more of the look where they send – trips out wide to like one side of the field and then one receiver to the other. Like I, I, I just think that will kind of be their base moving forward because when you're the, running, you just laid out there. Like I, I think they're going to miss trick. I mean, I think that's not, sure. not, not to try to be ca- captain obvious and act like I'm being profound, but like, I mean, how many staffs did trick play? It felt like it felt like he only came out when he had to come out. Yeah, and he's got—I mean, he's got twenty-something catches. It's not like it's nothing. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's yeah. five, six targets a game for sure on a team that doesn't throw the ball a ton. It's not like they're fl- they're flagging that thing around forty times. Well, and there's—you know—there's a comfort level with Jackson. I mean, they—they they transferred together for a reason. I mean, you know what I mean? It just in general, from a football schematic standpoint, when you go to that four receiver set. How how often is the fourth receiver a true option, and how much can you get away with it being somewhat of a decoy? Because Ole Miss has not had a fourth receiver step up. I mean, they've got three that they definitely trust, and then it's been sort of a rotating carousel with the fourth guy. A lot of times, particularly when you're not like a Ph.D. student in your own offense, 
oftentimes your fourth receiver is if you start scrambling and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, here I am, uh, whatnot. It's not. It, it does seem to me at this point, Jackson is probably getting to read. Feels like read two and three okay. in the passing game, but. You know, I do think part of the reason, like when Jackson makes big mistakes, it's usually in situations where he's like, I'm throwing the ball here and he kind of he kind of falls for the trap. But I mean, if you're having to go to your fourth option this week, uh, then then I think you could feel good about your your taking three scores. Because at the end of the day, you can, I mean, not completely, but you can hide the Dayton Wade or whoever that guy is. I don't sure. know who they're going to pick, but, you know, what, whatever that looks like. Because I think they do feel good about Mingo, Heath, and Watkins at this point. they got three yeah. guys that are going to play the majority of the snaps, and they've all been pretty competent in their own roles. Yeah, I just, you know, this to me, this to me from watching what I've seen from Auburn, uh, they're pretty good up front defensively. I don't know if we've really seen enough to say that their back end's good, but like I do think their defense is pretty good. But I expect Ole Miss is going to be able to Ole Miss is going to be able to get theirs in the rushing game, and then the rest of it's just going to be, are they finishing drives? I mean, mm-hmm. really what the difference in the Georgia game in the first half and the second half was, was they created explosive plays when Auburn's defense was on the field for like the 90th snap, and they put them away. I would imagine Ole Miss is going to try to do something similar. Yeah. And then the other side of the ball, I get that Georgia's maybe the most talented D front in the country, but Auburn couldn't block anybody. I mean, Ashford was running for his life. He was throwing it away all the time. I mean, he's, you look at his thing, his snaps, he's on a, he's had, he's had 128 dropbacks and he's been sacked or throwing the ball away almost 30 times. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. Like when we talk about the injury front, it's like, I think they got two more injuries on their offensive line last week. Like, mm-hmm. This is a game that I just think Ole Miss, where Ole Miss needs, like Ole Miss needs to put this one away early because I do think you're in a situation that if you can get up on Auburn, you know, most of the, most of the intel seems to be that if, if Ole Miss wins the game, Auburn's probably going to move on this weekend, um, which kind of makes sense to me because doesn't Auburn still feel like the school that when you lose to Ole Miss, like you're getting fired? (laughs) Well, they've done it the last three times that Ole Miss has beat them in Oxford. The last three times that Ole Miss has won games in Oxford, Auburn has fired their coach. And whether or not that's fitting or not, like, hey, I mean, if it's a, if it's if it's the way that they feel, it's the way that they feel. But I still think, I still think the smarter thing that they've been doing is, rather than being so hellbent on getting him fired, let him fire himself. Because mm-hmm. now, like, the amount of – he doesn't seem to have – like, when they were – even people that maybe weren't, like, Brian Harson guys, Auburn fans that saw what the boosters were doing or kind of like, man, this isn't, like, the right way to treat your coach. Well, now, like, he's he's firing himself at this point. What is the benefit to firing, firing him during the season, though? What are you actually getting out of it? Um, I mean, it's a – it, do you? It's a question of do you actually buy the the guys that you're going to be going after? Other people are going to go after, and you're going to have to get them because you get you get to go ahead and start the race. Well, what if you get the contract locked up? Yeah, sure. 
I mean, that's that that's the benefit. I mean, the other benefit is, you know, I think we're approaching a new day and age in which you've got to have your guy in place sooner than sooner than later because early signing period, the transition has been much more different. Like if you take a look at if you take a look at that last crop of coaches, I think it was the 2017 coaches, like the Scott Frost, the Mullins, all those guys. That was the that was the first group of coaches that were hired during the early signing period. Mm-hmm. And those classes were just disasters. And that's kind of where like everyone got fired. Now the one complicating factor of all of that for me is well, has the transfer portal changed this? Because how many of those jobs are going to be, how many of those jobs are, you know, really going to be built on high school signing, high school signees and signing classes? And I don't know, like, how many do you think apply right now? I think Auburn would like to be in that category, but to me, one of the, I think part of this limbo that Auburn's cur- currently in is that they can't kind of decide if they're going to be the traditional signing class or if they're going to go portal. Like, and I think they kind of need to figure out what they are on that. Well, they're behind on NIL. They're not up in the the category that they would want to be for sure. Frankly, I'm not sure they're even in the top half of the conference. And then they're getting blitzed by everybody in state. And Alabama does have a lot of in-state talent. The last time I looked, it was a couple weeks ago on our Thursday night show, Auburn had, I think, one commit in the top 17 players in the state of Alabama for this next class. Just nothing of note locally at all. Well, I mean, that's also kind of, I guess the question for me is, is that, is that a trend of a bigger problem Mm -hmm. or is that the result of a coach that the, that the boosters and the people that would be funding NIL don't want any part of? Like, is that a fixable, is that a fixable problem? Well, you can fix anything with money, but yeah, the question is, did they just hamstring Carson or, or do they simply just not have the resources, the ability right now to put it together as fast as they need to? Well, and, I don't and, know. I mean, it beats me. Well, and the question for me is, it's like, okay, well, we've seen Auburn have the resources previously, sure. but the question for me is, is the reason why they don't have the NIL thing lined up? Is that a bigger problem or is that because, hey, they know that what what's Gus getting paid? I mean, it was half up front, right? Yeah, so, so it like, was... Yeah, like it was, 11 million, I think, up front. And yeah, now, yeah. I mean, I don't know what Harson's buyout is, but I assume it's not going to be cheap. No, not this quick. I mean, that is in the it's end... like a ton like, of money. God. When people go, why would you take the Auburn job? It's like, I don't know. I can think of about 35 million reasons I would take the Auburn job. Like, yeah, even They if, will overpay you. Like, even if you... Even if you're going to end up getting you know, fired and it's a one contract job. I mean, we're still talking about how many jobs out there pay 30, $40 million. And there's no stink on you. You get another gig. You'll be all right. Go get a job, get another job. Don't get a job, whatever you want to do. Hell, doesn't matter. It's fine. Well, does Harson is Harson going to have some stink on him? Because I think Harson is a good football coach. I don't know if I think he's a great football coach and like take, Take Boise. Does it work in his favor that Boise seems to have this massive drop off after he left? Like, yeah, he did not reach the Chris Peterson high, but, and he maintained a decent amount. Sure. But like, does, I always wondered, like, does that work for or against him? 
the fact that Boise has had this massive. Well, yeah, because you can say that he knew exactly when he was getting out. They didn't recuperate talent, all that kind of stuff. I understand that. But no, I think with a good PR agent, you can get Harson to go, hey, look what Boise, they couldn't do it without me. And there's enough group thing there to at least get that across. And then two, Auburn is known as being so dysfunctional right now and that you can almost kind of just do the bad fit thing. And Harson was so bad of a fit down there from a culture standpoint that I think you can make that argument to where if another school wants to hire Harson, they can pretty easily trick their fan base into him being sort of the victim in all this, if that makes sense. Like, it's crap in some ways. But no, I mean, I don't think there's that thing where you go, oh, God, look what he did at Auburn. He couldn't win there. It was such a weird fit because of the boosters and because of him and the way it got off on the start and whatever did or didn't happen with the recruiting woman and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like, I mean, I think it was somebody yesterday. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you're in a relationship. You just throw your hands up and go, shit, we hate each other. This does not work. Get out before our kid's involved. Yeah. And I guess the question is, like, where's the landing spot for him? Well, it's not a power five elite job or anything. But, I mean, yeah, reset. Sure. I mean, you know, this is kind of the big question for me moving forward is what I think we need to like collectively do a job reset because and maybe I guess we have to wait till we see where the Big Ten, like where expansion ends up. But like, I do think we are in this weird transition period of I don't think we really know what the good jobs are anymore. Like on one hand, I think most, I think our, our conventional wisdom the last decade or so is that, Hey, the Nebraska job's not what people think it is. I think we would also have said Tennessee was in that category, but don't you think now like with, with Nebraska being in the big 10, I understand divisions are going away, but like most people that I've talked to in the coaching business, look at Nebraska's NIL and they think that Nebraska is a fairly quick fix. Like I, and we've seen with Tennessee right now, like Tennessee appears to be one of the better jobs in this era. And so I I just wonder if we kind of need to do like a reset and define what we think are the good jobs right now. Well, and it's hard to do because the answer is that there are a lot of power five jobs that with the right circumstances can be relatively competitive at, at top levels. I mean, you look at, you know, look, Ole Miss for a long time was this mediocre six-win team trying to get to bowl games. And then, I mean, in some ways, Freeze took them beyond that and changed perspective and then blew it all apart at the end. And then Lane has been able to at least establish a method that it seems like can make this a continuous year-over-year thing. I guess the, the point being in that is that Ole Miss is one of those teams that suddenly most people go, yeah, sure, I can see them hanging around and being in a 12-team playoff conversation for years or while Lane's there or whatever. This is so head coach dependent. It's never been a greater time where the coach dictates the success of a program from culture and identity and recruiting and all those things, but also for getting the boosters on path and actually becoming efficient in what is possible. That's what's happened at Tennessee. They've all kind of gotten behind a guy who's done a good job in Josh Heibel. And then – you know, you can sort of elevate into that next tier because when the 12-team playoff comes in, well, suddenly 25 teams are in play. It's no longer eight. We're no longer doing this thing of, hey, if you can't get the top four, you're this immediate next-tier program. Suddenly, Ole Miss, Kentucky, all these different teams go, well, hell, we can get in the thing. And you just kind of see what happens for two weeks. And I think that's like the big question. Has Kiffin given Ole Miss a blueprint 
or is Kiffin the blueprint? Well, I mean, in this exact method, Kiffin is the blueprint. I mean, I, I think. I mean, I think that's because, fair like, to say. Like, now, does that mean they're going to fall off the table? I mean, not necessarily. But that next coach has to figure out his own method to maximize them the same way. He definitely, as hell, can't be Lane Kiffin. Well, like, but like, even when when people want to use Freeze as an example, like, let's let's take a step back. Every coach, Hugh included. Every coach had a run at Ole Miss. Like, Houston mm-hmm. did win 18 games to start. He did. You know, Eli Manning or not, like, Cutcliffe did win 10 games at Ole Miss. And so, you know, the only coach in that stretch that didn't was Ed. And, well, Ed did leave. Ed did acquire talent. Like, I don't he think did. he was ever going to be the guy that was going to get nine wins or whatnot. But, like, I think to me that's kind of – that's kind of the question. I think, I think the Ole Miss job has been a job where you can always have a run. It's just no one has, been able, to, has been able to sustain it. And I think what what Kiffin has proven is that if you can get an elite schemer, I think you you can maximize this job. But like I'm also at the point now, it's like okay, well maybe Ole Miss just identified early. You know, rather than trying to chase five stars, like let's make this a portal job. But then the question for me becomes as we get as we get farther down the road, are are the big boys going to just decide, okay, well, we'll like is the portal well gonna dry up for two reasons? Number one, the bigger boys deciding to emphasize it. And then B, I think we had this, I think there was a wealth of talent in the portal early from COVID, like it, all the factors, like, I think I'm not as certain that the portal is going to be as, you know, fruitful down the line as it was at least currently, or it has been like the last year and a half or so. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. If is this possible? Is this possible? I mean, this is a kind of a third step thing to what you're asking. But if the big boys that you're talking about affect the portal in that way, doesn't that potentially drop the prices on some high school kids and make it look like it used to look in some ways where there's more accessibility to the rivals 250? Because I mean, it's not unlimited money here. If if the transfer portal prices go up, prices somewhere else have to dip a little bit. That's just economics. I suppose that's the case, but what happens when literally, like, I mean, these schools are, the the amount of money is not slowing down. So I, I guess that it's possible, but the question for me becomes, does the price go down, though, on players that maybe aren't that good? Well, sure. Like, in the end, I think what, I think where Kiffin was wise was he identified, listen, I'd rather go and get guys that I know that can play at the college level rather than go take, you know, a a four star that I'm not really sure he can play. Yeah. I mean, Jared Ivy, he identified him as a guy who had not taken that step at Georgia tech, had a great body and went, yeah, I'm going to bet that that's a coach problem. Not a, not a kid problem. And as we've seen with Georgia tech, since they fired Jeff Collins, like it seems like there might be some, there might be more football players there than we thought. It Mm. just seems like that they hated their coach. Yeah, no doubt about that. Are you putting uh, any real money or any picks outside of Nils' picks on Penn State and Michigan? Tip. So Giannato has been pretty adamant. Michigan beats Penn State at home, and so I think, I think if I do, I'm taking Michigan. I'm just not sure that that's a game I have to bet. Especially if I'm going to be at the Ole Miss game. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, half the time I'm betting because I'm just watching football. Well, that's a good point. You don't have to kill the the time as much. Yeah. What is your plan to get in front of a TV for Alabama and Tennessee at 2.30? Well, I would like for Ole Miss to put this bad boy away early. (laughs) Can you get her out of the stadium if it's a blowout? Where 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 are we on this? I don't know. We've never gone to a... We've never gone to a football game together we've only been to basketball and i don't know like she is not great watching her rebels like she is she's uh she is convinced that the worst is always going to happen i mean last week last week she literally just went to the grocery at halftime and that was the longest grocery stop she's ever made in her entire life so, I don't know. I'm hopeful that Ole Miss can put this thing away early and she'll just decide, like, hey, she wants to leave. So, I have I have no idea how this is going to go one way or the other. And then it's just racing to condo? Well, Big Jeff's got the good parking pass. So, okay, so you can get out of here. Yeah, the question will be, do we have... Like, it's not that far of a walk. 
I mean, I think it's like a 20 minute walk, worst case scenario. And like now, now the other thing is, I mean, I guess the big question is going to be what cell service like, but now you can kind of, you can watch on your phone mm-hmm. enough to you get back to where you can post up. I can safely say, I don't think it's going to be a library day. Um, I don't know. The big question for us though, is what's our, are, are we with it being 11 AM? She seems to be flirting with the idea of going back after the game. Oh, which I don't, as I've said, I don't care one way or the other. Like you're this, back in your, you're back in your chair by four. Yeah. And I don't care one way or the other. Like th- to me, this is like, this is her weekend. She can kind of figure out what she, well, you know, how she wants to play it out. But I don't have like a strong opinion one way or the other, because it's not like, you know, we just put this thing together like a week or two ago. It's not like we're getting a table on Saturday night. Yeah. You're not buying into it. You think Bryce Young's playing and playing well. Well, I think if he plays, I think he's playing. I mean, I think he plays well. Um, I just think that I think he is. I think he is hurt, but I just think that it's the type of injury that they're just going to go shoot it up. That line to me suggests I'm telling you, if they did not think Bryce Young's playing, I think this game is under a touchdown. We've seen. Yes, Milrow. I think Milrow, Milrow's performance against Arkansas was a little misleading from the sense that he's clearly a gifted athlete. Like there, you know what I mean? Like, sure. And they threw him in there, and all the book on Bryce is Bryce scrambles to throw, but Bryce Bryce does not want to run. And I'll credit O'Brien. He like he came up with some plays where he was able to get Milrow in the open field, but. If if Alabama doesn't have Bryce, this game's under a touchdown, in my opinion. And the fact that it's still sitting there with the hook, that tells me that they believe he's playing. Yeah, because forget the public. I mean, the, the, the Sharps, knowing that they could get Tennessee plus seven Cor- and a half with a backup quarterback, they would be killing that line. Correct. And it, it goes, it the fact that it's still, the hook is what really I pay attention to. Because they don't, they clearly don't want to put this even at a touchdown. No, they're almost wanting people to just leave it alone. Yes. Hey, I'm going to make this really unappealing for everybody. Now, to be clear, I thought 24 points last week suggested that Bryce was playing. Mm-hmm. I ended up just taking it because I was like, all right, I'll gamble that he doesn't play and I'll just take the points. Um, and it worked for me in that case, but like it didn't work for me. There was another. Where was another quarterback injury? I can't state remember what I took Arkansas. with Kentucky. I can't. Nah, I had. I believed that cage. I took state in that one. It's Kentucky. I got killed on uh, a Levis. But you do, however, think KJ is playing this week. You have Arkansas thirty-four, BYU twenty-seven in Provo this weekend. It's the same thing with the line. Like if I thought, you know, again, I, I'm taking the risk that the line tells me he's playing. Weirdly, BYU I, had that one Baylor game, but outside of that, they struggled with physical teams. Yeah, I've weirdly watched them a lot. Now, they are, in fairness to them, they're banged up to hell. Um, they, they have defensively, it's not even necessarily like that they're soft. It's just I don't think they're 
I don't think that their size speed ratio is up to par. And those have been the teams that have gotten them. Because they ever get the wide receivers back? Do they have any explosiveness at all offensively? I mean, they were back last week, but they just don't look right. Okay. And Hall seems to be kind of banged up. And if Hall, Hall has to be good for them to score. Yeah. Big 12 game, number eight, number number 13. You and I kind of did the same thing. If you're going to give me Oklahoma State with points, I'm just going to take it right now in, in, in a conference game. So that was the decider. And I get that TCU has been a pretty talented team. Sonny Dykes has done a nice job kind of getting them rallied. And they're they're a top 15 team after beating Kansas last week. I, am I crazy for thinking this is a little paper tiger, though? I just don't think TCU is this elite team right now in year one. I, I just don't. I refuse to believe this. Where Sonny is extremely good, and I do give him credit because I've seen him do it at multiple places, he's very good at installing an explosive offense and getting it running quickly. And they've done that thus far. Really what it boils down to to me, a lot of people that I trust, like a lot of pretty sharp people that I trust, they get frustrated with Oklahoma State because they watch Oklahoma State games and they go, the scores don't line up with down to down. And I, I acknowledge that's true. But as I keep telling them, I was like, this is how it's been for like the last three years. Like you watch Oklahoma state and you're never going to leave impressed other than the final score. And to me, like, this is just the exact same situation where it's like, I understand why people don't like Oklahoma state, but it's like, uh, boys, like you're never going to like, I think part of it is, People don't want to come out and say it, but it's like part of the problem with Oklahoma State is people just don't like Spencer Sanders. And I get mm-hmm. that. But I kind of look at what I respect about Gundy is he's like reinvented himself there like three different times. And it's worked every time. Like more times than not, when people go like onto the second reinvention, it's usually not successful. And he like it, he's kind of reinvented them again. Like they're more explosive on offense rather than being defensive dependent. And I, I just, I don't know. I think he's a good football coach. 17 and two in their last 19. Well, nine, one and one against the spread in big 10 play or big 12 play since last year. Wow. Really? Oh yeah. Six and oh on the road as well. Yeah. Give me the points in Fort Worth. I just, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, do you have any reason why anyone should put real money on LSU in Florida this week? LSU plus three in Gainesville. Well, I mean, it's a fun game to watch. Like that game's always chaotic. So I don't know how far it goes back, but my, my working theory was, I don't know. This always feels like a game. You just want the underdog. And I looked it up the last five, the underdogs covered. I think the only time I think the last, or maybe it was four of the last five, the underdog covered. I think the last one where they didn't was the Joe Burrow year. And I think, Remember, but remember, if you if you remember that game, like that was like a one score game, but Burrow got the football back, and I think they went and won by fourteen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Doesn't this kind of feel like a buy low spot on LSU? I don't think LSU is as bad as they looked last week. They're not. They're not terrible. Game. They're okay. They're fine. They're com- they they're, they're competent. They're well coached, and they like this is the worst team he's going to have, in my opinion. You don't. You're not putting a lot of stock into just how bad his career record is against ranked teams. No. Okay. I think oftentimes that record was reflective of he was at Notre Dame and he was usually going up against like playoff teams. Yeah. You're either buying into the 
you're whatever. getting hit again or you're going to pull one out, you've got Levis playing this week, I assume, because you have Kentucky covering against Mississippi State. Yeah, it's, I'm taking I, – I, I think I even said it in picks. My pick is based on if Levis plays. If Levis doesn't play, I'm dead serious. I don't think there's anything shy of two touchdowns I wouldn't take with State. Wouldn't lay with State. Did you see their offense last week without him? Oh, it's horrid. Like maybe Levis, maybe all these people are right about this, him being a first rounder because they looked so bad without him. Like they looked like they couldn't move the football. Because Carolina's not good at all. No. They suck. We watched it. Like we've seen them a lot this year. It's kind of been profitable for us. It's like fading them. It's like, oh yeah, this team's not any good. Can Vandy get Carolina or Missouri? They're going to need some help. Yeah. Because where Vandy, I think where Vandy's going to struggle, that defense does not put up much resistance. No. They have three really good offensive players, and that's kind of it. Yeah, and they do a good job, like, building the offense around them. But, like, we even saw with, like, Shepard. Shepard got banged up last week. I mean, are we sure they're playing the right quarterback? They're playing the right quarterback if you think that you can put any further talent around him and he stays and finishes his career as a Commodore. I don't know if they're playing the right quarterback if you're simply trying to steal a game. Okay, I can I, I can buy that explanation. That Yeah. I mean, because Swan is a competent SEC quarterback. He just has no tools to work with given his skill set. I just, man, he's got a popcorn arm. But in Vandy, they're never going to race over the top. Just distribute the ball. Play point guard. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember who he reminded me of. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I I, I, I I can buy that argument. If like you, and it, he's, he's a freshman. And it does also seem like they have identified people that will buy into being Vanderbilt football players. Yes. Like into their program. And I think that's probably wise. Like that's probably how you have to do it. Because I do wonder how a lot of these private schools are going to be in the NIL era. Especially like if they actually do like identify good football players. Like if they identify good football players, aren't you? If you're a football factory, aren't you just going to be like, hey man, like stop going to class. Like come here. Like we'll, 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 we'll get we'll you in. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll get you in and you can play football this year and go to the league. They get Missouri next week, but they've got Georgia this week first. Uh, 38, by the way, is the line on that one for anybody so curious. Maybe are we let's go a little psychology here. Uh-huh. Georgia just like just blindly lay Georgia. And if you're because if you're Vandy, aren't you trying to aren't you trying to play well in the games you can play well in? Like but why not, do you need to run it up? What's the purpose? I'm not playing Shepard this week. Like I'm gonna go try and get Missouri. Yeah, well, sure. No, I mean, you're you're white flagging this thing to whatever extent you can. You have no chance. Yeah. If you have a hangnail, now you're out. Sorry. No way. And when it gets to be three scores, you pull everybody else. Yeah. Because who gives a damn to get beat 31 to 3 or 58 to nothing? Yeah. Now, the problem- no, you've got Missouri and Carolina to try to get to five wins. You can't get to six. You're trying to get to five. The problem with Georgia, though, is, man, I don't know, like, offensively like they look like they can't like they're they look like they're trying to go for gas like go for the gas and they can't they just can't reach back and get it 
Bennett has looked bad, but I don't know how much of that is his supporting cast making him look worse than he typically looks. Because I have to feel like he's the same quarterback he's always been. They do not have their they're banged up on the outside offensively. And that was kind of where they started like earlier this year when they were like what they did to Oregon. It was because they had all the receivers healthy. Mm-hmm. Now getting them back, who knows? I know I got to go in a second. Last thing. Why is SC getting three and a half in Salt Lake? I don't know. But I, I've, I've seen this one before and I'll if I lose. You're I just lose. trusting Vegas here. Correct. This is the this is the well that makes no sense. No, dude, like this line, like if anything, should be reversed. Correct, and like I Utah watched is schizophrenic as hell, and they're not very physical. I watched every snap of that UCLA game. UCLA, like, like that that game. I guess where I would give some credit is Utah's offense was better, and they made some like critical. Like they made, they had a couple of critical turnovers that like made the score worse. But it's like, man, if I watched UCLA just run counter and and like the type of run game stuff that that Lincoln does, and just run it down their throats, like I expect SC to do the same. But it's like if that line is what it is, and I'm looking at all the money, like everyone's sitting there jumping on USC as a public dog, and it's like, okay, well, I'm not. So I. It's one of those ones where if I lose this, I'm fine losing it because it's like, well, I, I did know that this could happen, but it's like, I'm man. I, I just, I don't feel like I can spring that trap. If SC wins Saturday, are they a playoff team? I think UCLA can give them problems. Um, I do think if they end up playing Oregon in the title game, Oregon can give them problems. Oregon's not as bad as they looked against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think SC's probably got a loss coming, if not two. My question is, does one loss SC get in? And it's very possible that they uh, they do. No, you got a busy day, bud. Appreciate it. Talk All right. You on Saturday. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you by The College Corner. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell in um, Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet. You can also visit The College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, The College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're also brought to you by Walk-Ons. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into uh, bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Visit them in Ridgeland or Oxford today. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from work to uh, lifestyle to nightlife. Everything is uh, right there at the Rogue from all the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. 
Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are excited to announce they'll be hosting Mustache the Band Friday, October the 14th for the Square Jams After Party. Come watch the uh, Ole Miss basketball team on Friday night on the Oxford Square. And then uh, head over to the Lyric and join the folks from Blue Delta with the world's most powerful 90s country party band. Ticket packages are on sale now. Some tickets include jeans, some don't. But all include admission to the concert and an open bar to book. Just DM Blue Delta on their socials or visit BlueDeltaJeans.com slash afterparty and they'll see you there. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at A-Stock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, and win it. Brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of your income and schedule, MyPerfectFranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, Andy Ludecki can help. It's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. And we're brought to you by Solutions Rx. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S., in Mississippi. In fact, under the highest standards, if you take diabetes medicine, high blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medication, they typically cause some side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated prescription supports, one of the many products uh, from there that people like me have been trying. Makes a big difference. Helps you stay more compliant taking your medication. Eliminates those side effects. Helps you stay healthier over the long term. Solutions Rx is available in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all across Mississippi, and on their website, solutionsrx.com. Type in the promo code OEP at checkout. Receive 10% off your first order. Hawkeye Portable Buildings, 7991 Highway 7 South in Hawkeye, Mississippi, is the place to go if you want to custom build your building to your specifications. However you want your carport, ATV or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Hawkeye Portable Buildings can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, the doors, and Hawkeye Portable Buildings makes it happen. In-house financing is available. There's free delivery and setup within 75 miles of Hawkeye as well. 662-226-2233. Or go to HawkumBuildings.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram at Hawkum Portable Buildings. And it's tailgating time. Uh, lots of games still left on the Ole Miss schedule. And you can uh, set up your tailgating with the people at 7 South Tailgating. Once you do that, you'll never want to tailgate without them again. 7SouthTailgating.com. They've got single game, multi-game packages. They have availability for any and all services and game selection. So get in touch with them, regardless of your budget, your party size, your number of games needed. They can accommodate you. Again, it's 7SouthTailgating.com. That was Jeffrey Wright. Thanks for his time as he uh, helped us out on a bit of a weird morning. But we're up and running now. Neil McCready now joining us, I guess, on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline again to close out the rest of the show. We've talked a good bit of college football. Neil, you and I won't uh, rehash a lot of that that Jeffrey just spoke of, but you did not take the trap either. Alabama, Tennessee, obviously the big game this weekend. Is it simply Bryce Young playing, in your opinion, or are you just refusing to take Tennessee when this game happens at 2.30 on Saturday? 
it's you're giving me Alabama at a cheap price, and I'm going to buy the premium good at a cheap price. It's really that simple. And if I'm wrong, so be it. You would rather be wrong in this direction. That is that is one of the ways that I pick games is I'm not going to hate myself if I miss it this way. If Alabama wins 41 to 10, I go, you are a complete and utter idiot. That's exactly it. It's a mental health thing, and it's just a happiness thing. If Tennessee – look, I'm going to cover a game at 11 o'clock. It's going to end at about 2.15, 2.30-ish. I'm going to write. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to get home in time to watch the second half realistically if tennessee wins i'm gonna get a kick out of it i'm i have alabama fatigue like most of us i respect them they're the greatest ever blah 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 etc etc cool i respect them but i like to see them lose and so if they lose i was cheering for a and m at the end of the game saturday i'll be cheering for tennessee if it's close and if tennessee wins awesome i'll get a kick out of it I'll log on to some Alabama message boards at some point, watch, watch the meltdown and, and, and giggle. But if Alabama goes in there and whips them by 17 points and I bet on Tennessee, I'm going to get mad at myself for doing what I've always promised that I won't do, and that's buying the hype. What is a Bama message board like after a loss in the Saban era? Is it the end of the world catastrophe, or are they immediately trying to figure out how to still make the playoff with the loss? Both. Both. I mean, they've won so much that they can't handle losing in much the same way that teams that have lost so much can't handle winning, don't know how to handle winning. Um, and then, yeah, they, they do the smart thing. They'll immediately pivot to, okay, well, if we just lose this once and beat Georgia or Tennessee in the SEC title game, we're fine, right? And the answer is yes, you are. Yes. So You lost your margin. That's what you lost. Yeah, you lost your margin for error. But Tennessee be, can't win the West. It would be fun. It would be fun to see Tennessee win the game. And then at the same time, it's like some no-lose. You bet on Alabama for your sanity because if Tennessee gets blown out, you get to giggle at them a little bit. Like, oh, you guys thought this was it. You thought you were back. And you're part of the way back, but you're not all the way back. You're not even close. I can't. Look, I'm so used to Alabama winning that I know they have obnoxious fans, but like, yeah, I'm used to it. I don't deal with them on a day-to-day level. I don't care. I cannot make myself want Tennessee to win this football game. I just can't. I need to laugh at Tennessee on Saturday night. But can we do this honestly? This this sure. fan this fan base thing bugs me. If if we're uh-huh. just being honest, sure. All fan bases are basically the same. You've got the lunatics. You've got the rational. And you've got the sky has fallen. They all exist. They're just different margins and stuff. And maybe they come across differently or whatever. But every fan base that I've ever dealt with, I've seen all of those. It's who you run in contact with mostly on social media. And I don't know if it's because they never lose. So you don't see their craziness is you don't run across a lot of Alabama social media idiots because they win. Yeah, you just don't so, like, like it's just a machine. It, it's I know it's West Rucker to a point, but Tennessee <laughs> also has it's a large point. But Tennessee also has the Mostly kind West. of the Florida State gene where they're just up in your shit all the time. Yeah, sure. They just don't sure. stop. It's always up in your shit. I'll never understand as a fan, right? Like 
And I look, I had a little bit of fun last Saturday when the Cardinals mm-hmm. got eliminated. I just made one tweet that was a gif of I'm so happy right now. That's all I said. I didn't do the hey, yeah, you see. No, no, I get it. I mean, I'm glad they didn't win. I was prepared for them to win emotionally. They didn't, and I'm I'm glad. But that's the extent of my trash talk. The the people that do lots and lots of the trash talk stuff. How in in this league, if you're not named Alabama I, and and to some degree Georgia, I don't know how you can say anything to anybody. Everybody else is kind of the same. What do you think? What do you think was going through Lane's head when he tweeted the picture yesterday? Oh yeah, um, I think he was just reflecting. Dude. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't. For anybody that's been under a rock, he tweeted a picture of him waiting in the hallway prior to going into the press conference when he left Tennessee for USC. It was. He looks back on that moment, I think, and realizes that he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. He made a mistake that was understandable at the time, is understandable today, and in the benefit of hindsight and lots of hindsight, and we can all do this with a lot of decisions that we make in our lives. You can go back and you can justify them. Or you can go back and go, oh, that was a terrible mistake and I shouldn't have done that. But in the moment, you you made a decision that you thought was the right decision for you. And he left Knoxville for his dream job. He'd been at USC with Lane Kiffin, with, Lane Kiffin, with Pete, uh, Pete Carroll and all those people. They'd had an incredible run, if you go back and think about it. Carson Palmer and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart. And they were dudes. Yeah. They were dudes. And they were a sexy program back then. I think it's easy, to, you know, 15, 20 years later to go, oh, I can't remember that. But they were. I mean, they were on top of the world. That was before the SEC was the giant. No, they were Hollywood. They had the open practices with the celebrities, and they still won the whole deal. I mean, they were the mecca of college football for a little while there. So you can see how a guy like Lane would want to go back to that and be the head guy at that. I can see it. I totally get it. Then the NCAA thing happened. And it just wasn't what he was ready for. And I think he looks back and goes, man, we, we, we're going to build something in Knoxville. And I think he likes Knoxville. He named his first son Knox, for God's sake. I mean, he, he likes it. And I think he just, I think it was him reflecting, hey, life, life uh, throws you curveballs sometimes. And sometimes you swing and miss. You know he did I mean? a nice job. Yeah, that one season, you know, I mean, he Jonathan Cropton, he made him a decent quarterback, and he was recruiting a really good class. They were certainly trending. Yeah, he was. He was Had Alabama good. beat Terrence Cody, screwed it up. And they loved him there. And I think the part that he probably doesn't want to talk about is that if you talk to people, he was a bit reckless from a personal standpoint at that time in his life when he was there. So there's no guarantee that that wasn't going to go off the rails in Knoxville because of just what all was going on. I think he's a different person today. I think he's a more reflective person. I, I, I thought, and we talked about it on Tuesday, I think, I thought what he said about the game last Saturday, the last score about it didn't feel good, didn't feel mm-hmm. right. I don't think 2018 Lane Kiffin would have given a damn about what it felt like. Yeah, Clark because Lee's emotional capacity or the Vanderbilt kid's emotional capacity would not be on his list. Yeah, no, not at all. And and he uh, and Lane goes, hey, I really wanted it for my dude. Matt Jones deserved it, but damn, mm. but it didn't feel right. Yeah, and so I, I just I don't know. I I know people are trying to make it out to oh, he's expressing his regret. Oh, no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, he's already said that out loud. If he had a do over, he he would have 
just stayed at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Life doesn't come at you like that. I mean, it's not how it works. And so I don't know. I, I think he's just grown up a lot. I think life has changed for him. And I thought he was genuine when he said that about the beginning of the season. I can't remember when it was, but kind of had a that deep press conference where he talked about how Oxford needed uh, he he needed Oxford and Ole Miss more than it needed him and mm -hmm. it needed him. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was human. Yeah. Actually, I thought for all of his social media kind of marketing, you know, because so much of what he does is is PT Barnum, you know, come to the sip and all the stuff. And I thought that was a real human. Mm -hmm. Hey, this was a moment in my life. This was a transformative moment in my life. I didn't, he probably didn't realize that at the time. What he wanted to do was coach Tennessee and USC. Right. Yeah. They don't allow that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how serious it was. Vince Dooley, uh, 90 years old now. He's out of the hospital. He uh, he was in the hospital the last week or so with COVID. Uh, baseball. As nice a man as you'll meet, Vince Dooley. Oh, really? No idea. Yeah. Never run him. Nothing. Huh. Mobile guy. Oh, is he really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Baseball got what it needed last night. Two uh, wins by the teams down 1-0. So, 1-1 in the National League going to the other location. Padres winning 5-3. Last night over the uh, over the Dodgers and then the Braves and Kyle Wright blanking the Phillies three nothing. So off today in the National League and then tomorrow I guess um, tomorrow or even Saturday um, it will be Game Three for Philadelphia and Atlanta and San Diego LA. If you like sports, this is going to be a great weekend. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get a weekend in college football. You're going to get two, at least two elite NFL games, mm -hmm. Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, Philadelphia, and you get the baseball playoffs where I'm going to guess at least one or two of these series get to a fifth game. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, sure. I mean, this Philadelphia Atlanta series has a chance to go five, and now San Diego could force the Dodgers to a fifth game, and it doesn't matter how dominant you are over 162, and you get down to one game, Gosh, anything can happen, especially I mean, when. Look, this is a duh thing as we've been doing this for the last couple of days. I'm very obvious takes, but Philadelphia game three feels like a must win. You don't want to go down two one, and you've got Aaron Nola against an undecided for the Braves. They do not know who they're throwing in game three yet. No, Philly's got to win this one, and then realistically, they got to go win the fourth the one. They got to go for the kill shot in game four. You don't want to get back on the plane to Atlanta. Although I remember a Cubs team in 2003 got back on the plane to go to Atlanta, and I was like, oh, my God, we blew it. <laughs> and that Sunday night, it was awesome. It was one of the best, happiest nights of my life. I, I covered Saints-Panthers in Charlotte at noon, got done, walked back to the hotel, got back in time to drop off my bag and go sit at the bar and just pray. And the Cubs played one of the best games they've ever played in the postseason. Kerry Wood was awesome. And they, they beat the Braves that night. And I could not believe that the Cubs had beaten the Atlanta Braves in a postseason series. I, I literally was in – I think I was too shocked to be happy. I was. I spent those 36 hours going, we blew it. Yeah. We blew it. Sammy Sosa was at the plate at the end of game four with the chance to win it. And I thought, if, if it doesn't happen here, it's not going to happen. And then, wow, that was that was fun. 
postseason baseball, man, is yeah. If 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 the reg if if baseball could figure out a way again to make the regular season entertaining, just entertaining, I think they they start to get it back because postseason was great. That Dodgers Padres game last night was it was really good. Mm-hmm. Game three for that game, Tony Gonzalez and Blake Snell going, and then today you get the American League games um, here on this Thursday. That is Seattle at Houston at two thirty-seven, and Guardians Yankees at six thirty-seven today. So, all four will be in. All four games will happen on Saturday. So you get the whole college football slate, and then you get Atlanta Philadelphia at one, Houston Seattle at three, New York uh, Cleveland at six thirty, and LA San Diego at eight thirty. I mean, so there's if, your Saturday. If you can't make Saturday work and you like sports, then you probably just don't like sports. That's I mean that's like. <laughs> have like multiple tvs going mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff there because i mean you're going to get into a moment i mean yeah you're going to have two games going from three o'clock on baseball yeah and then i mean almost kind of like a march madness kind of set up from a time standpoint and then next week the weather starts to kind of change we get the cooler weather mm-hmm. got more college football another weekend and then you start getting into the championship, championship series, series which yeah. are awesome i mean a, a braves dodgers championship series is so full of storylines. It feels like that's what we're, we we deserve, right? I think what we deserve is Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros. Oh, where yeah. Both, I mean, both of those, there's a lot in those two series. Oh, the people that like, don't like the Yankees, but the Astros are so grimy. What are you doing? What are we, how, how, how are we doing this? And you know, it's kind of funny. The Yankees, it's, it's easy to dislike the Yankees. Yeah, but this Yankees team has a bunch of guys that are kind of easy to like. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is very likable. Anthony Rizzo is an extremely likable guy. Um, the list just kind of goes on. Mm-hmm. And the Astros, I mean, here's the deal: the Astros have Dusty Baker in the dugout, so that you got to overcome that every single. The ceiling day. is a little lower just because uh, you, you just you just that is that is. Walking around with a chain on you. It's kind of like it's kind of like Gus right now running around with a cone on his head. Just just pure misery. You mentioned these two games as we close. Buffalo at Kansas City. Buffalo is a three-point favorite on the road at the Chiefs. That is a uh a 325 national start for that one. And then your night game is Dallas and Philadelphia. The Eagles giving the Cowboys six. Am I saying I'm thinking about putting both of these games on my NFL picks on McCrady and Siski, which is the, and the NFL picks are the only thing keeping me. In You're the taking the points in both. I, I'm thinking about taking the points in both. Give me Buffalo because yeah. I actually think Buffalo is going to beat Kansas City straight up. You know they pointed at this game for a long, long time. I know they have some injuries, and then that Dallas defense, man, they're for real. It's good. Yeah. And Rush is not making mistakes. We said it earlier in the week. You're right. But you do wonder if this is the game that Philly goes, okay, bud, you hadn't made mistakes yet, but you're going to have to make Here plays. You go. yeah. yeah. Then your Monday night game, Broncos and Chargers to close the week. Next week on Henry's, guys, the Saints play. They are in Arizona next Thursday. Yeah. Night, so Arizona gotta, an early two-and-a-half-point favorite. You got to think some people at the – places that decided the schedule are kicking themselves a little bit going, we really bought into this Russell Wilson stuff too much. Oh God. I mean, just ordered a big plate full of Russell Wilson and about two bites in, you're like, 
Uh, and in just, that division where they were even so going to be the third best team, like it just didn't, it didn't make sense. It was really weird there all the way around. Yeah. So. You just got a plate full of him and now you've, you've eaten a bite or two and you're like, this is not good. And yet this is all that's on the plenty menu. more coming four courses. And, I, and I'm going to have to eat this. Yeah. Yuck. Uh, appreciate Jeffrey today is he yeah, uh, really bailed us out. Thanks to him a ton. Uh, Neil back with Henry's guys solo tonight for that one. Ryan Brown and Ben Mintz both joining for Henry's guys. Again, we're pretty good internet wise. I think we're good to go. And then he'll take your calls as long as you guys call in for that. So full date rebelgrove.com. You can find all of our picks that we're on, um, that we, you know, we talked about, but they are on the site as well from this morning is, uh, Pretty good three-way three -way race, and then Brian there at the bottom. But he did go 500 last week, so there is that only lost the juice. So for Jeffrey, for Neil, I'm Chase, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.